His mama named him Mikhail, but we're going to call him MJ the Edge Setter. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, gang, DP here, 937 The Ticket. Lincoln America, home of the Fighting Huskers at University of Nebraska. I want to thank you for making Locked On Huskers first watch, first listen each and every single day here as a part of the Locked On Sports Network. We appreciate you folks hanging out with us. Again, do us the favor, put your comments in the comment section uh, below. Also, subscribe, like, follow, share, let folks know. Trying to get up over a thousand uh, subscribers. We appreciate you spending time with us, but we'd like for you to help us with the subscribe game if you would. Uh, This episode uh, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook locked on. Uh, Make every moment more. You can do that right boop there. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Visit that link today. Get it started. Get yourself started. Get yourself involved in the games. Um, Mikhail Sherman uh, did some deep diving both on film and personally for folks in that space that he comes from. And he's from a space that I'm familiar with. He's from an area that I'm familiar with. He is from Washington, D.C., played in the powerhouse program uh, that is St. John's Catholic. And let me tell you, uh, they got some dudes. Uh, John Andrioli is their head coach, and this is a na- he. This is a national caliber football program. As a matter of fact, MJ Sherman uh, started as a running back. Now imagine at the uh, in high school being six two and coming in at about two hundred and twenty five pounds, and being able to put your foot in the ground uh, at an under a sub four six forty. So a lot of folks start to pay attention, but there are certain players that are willing to be coached into becoming a greater version of themselves at whatever you need for them to do within your program. And he was never alone on the field. That's the depth of of the talent that was with him. There were Division I players all up and down the roster, highly competitive where you're facing. Their top rival is DeMatha, and it's 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 a program that folks know. And you know that when you put your hand in the turf uh, at St. John's or DeMathy, work has to happen. Uh, but Sherman's story is so unique and so uh, authentic that you start to pay attention to the family side of it and the fact that his family uh, were purposeful. They are very purposeful in what they wanted him to be, uh, whether it be on the field or off. Uh, put in this great amount of work ethic. Uh, pride in his name and his family and his community, and then of himself. And when you meet MJ Sherman, the first thing you see as a young man, you see that he carries pride. He he it means something for him to be here. Uh, it meant a lot for him to be at Nebraska because when you decide one to go from St. John's to Georgia, that you're choosing to compete every day in everything all the time. 
Man, it, that's super important because not everybody, there are people who will go to where they're going to play the most, where they're, they're, where they're going to get the most hype, whether they'll get the most, you know, applause, right, for people to say, you know, good job, MJ. And then there are people that choose to go where the place is going to make them better so they can make the place better. And they want it reciprocated. They want to be held accountable. They want they want friction, as they say, you know, iron sharpens iron. Well, they that's where you go. You go to a place where you can do that. And then you get to make decisions from that. And once you've experienced playing in national championship games and SEC championship games, and it's recognizing the result of that is you putting your hand in the dirt every day against future NFL first-round draft picks. Then put your hand in the dirt or stand up across a right tackle or a left tackle who is built for the NFL, who's built for the SEC, who's built for championship football. MJ Sherman never backed down. As a matter of fact, he stalked it. And when you talk to folks in D.C., those knowing football guys, especially NFL guys in D.C., who still hang around the college game and the in the in the high school game, those football pros are watching to measure and proclaim the next great thing. And they don't want to get burned. They don't want to put cosign for somebody who's not going to go and make it, who's not going to represent their name. Because if somebody goes out and says, hey, listen, MJ Sherman's a dude. And then it turns out he's not. It lands real firm. And at Georgia, he took his reps. He was patient. He was a good student. He was coachable. Uh, he was a community guy that cared. Uh, he led from where he was in the pack. Sometimes you lead from the back. Sometimes you lead from the middle. MJ Sherman was called a leader by three of the four coaches that I talked to about him. And these are coaches that coached against him. That said, we knew that he was a thing, a person that we had to scheme against and that we had to be considerate of all week leading up to the game and then the week after because he changed the way they coached. He changed the way they prepared. He also changed how they looked based on how he looked on film. And a coach that went against MJ uh, twice <laughs> said this. He was the brightest star on a field of stars. That's pretty powerful praise when you've come from a football factory that produces tons of, of student athletes who move on. That's impressive. That's just impressive. Um, his teachers spoke of him in praise. People in the community spoke of him in praise. He went to Athens, Georgia. He did his thing. And then he moves. And he has the opportunity to redirect and recalculate himself and to put himself in a place where he could be the star. He could be the guy that changes the way Nebraska plays defense. And the idea and the concept of black shirt football, black shirt defensive football here at the University of Nebraska, it matters to MJ. It matters to MJ Sherman. You're going to see it. 
you're going to see it. We're going to throw it to break here. What I want to do is get into some of the things from a film study breakdown. What he does in the space that, that, that he's going to be put in, uh, how he's been coached, systems that he's been in, and some of the things he did within the system. Because you got to be able to see, can MJ do what he does in a 3-3-5? We'll talk about that when we come back to Lockdown. Welcome back, folks, to Lockdown Huskers. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Huskers your first watch, first listen each and every single day. I want to thank the folks from FanDuel Sportsbook. The best. The best. Go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. It's right there. Make every moment more. Took me a while to figure that out, but we got that going for you. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you Again, we thank you for, for making – uh, Lockdown Huskers, your first listen. But what you should do is jump over to Lockdown College Basketball uh, for the best in uh, all of full coverage on the court and off. Um, they can bring you, they will bring you players that you know, coaches that you trust, uh, and details for on and off the court. Uh, Locked on College Basketball on YouTube, whatever way you consume your podcast business. Um, that's the way to do it. YouTube. Jumped on college, uh, locked on college basketball. Uh, MJ Sherman on film. <sighs> Let me exhale because the first time I watch a player, I'm watching how they move. And elite players, players that you want to trust the most, work in a thing called comfortable movement where they look natural and familiar at whatever they're being asked to do. It doesn't look strained. It doesn't look thoughtful. It looks known. It like it, the difference between a player who, who moves because they know what they see and they know what their responsibilities are and they know what they should do versus a player who's reading, watching, guessing. MJ Sherman moves with comfortable movement. And here's why. Now, Nebraska, uh, Tony White and the defensive coordinator, they're going to put in 3-3-5 defense, and we've covered that here, that there are several things in play that they're going to ask folks to do. Uh, the, the, the Being fluid in, the, in, in that three front, that you're not going to always be married to just three people up front. Sometimes it is to show a fourth. Sometimes it is to show a fifth. It's to confuse uh, the offensive line is to confuse the quarterback. It's sometimes to confuse the offensive coordinator. Hey, they're in a the three front. This is where the gaps will be. This is who the who the middle of the defense, because you're trying to find a midline uh, for the defense. And then if you're going to, to this side, you want to make sure you have numbers on that side, plus one, plus two on that space. If the mid is, is, is on the other side, you want to be able to work in the opposite space and make sure you have numbers. MJ Sherman is a walk-up that changes all of that. He's, I would say, a third of his high school reps where he was the fourth off the defensive line on the edge. I'd say another third of them, he was the fifth. They tended to put him on the weak side so that they could bring him. Now, for a right-handed quarterback, 
that's strong side because you're 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 looking uh it's play side so it's where your face mask is and having that force that energy coming into your face changes the window that you throw through uh, where your eyes go it's causing traffic in all the space in a five front, he lets him know I'm coming, and he's trying to find a mismatch. And sometimes it's him against a tackle uh, that's that that's anchored and can't get out there to him. Sometimes it's against a running back that, quite frankly, it's a mismatch <laughs> because he's strong enough in his movement and in his hands to forklift offensive tackles and still run through and make the play. And God bless the running backs that were asked to block him on these film on this film that I watch, because there were no wins to be had if you were a running back who wasn't 230 pounds. He's currently playing at about 250, and when he when he gets it going, uh, and he's long, he's got long arms and, and big hands, so he gets his hands to pad, and then he extends the arms to create space. And then he just moves the running back back into the quarterback. Sherman is a strip and sack guy, even from the face. He is a strip and sack guy. Makes it difficult. And he changes the window in which a quarterback's going to throw to. When you watch him play the game, that he is exceptional in setting the edge in the run for the run game. Willing, willing to take on offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage to keep his back flat, to not get turned towards the sideline or back towards the middle of the field. He stays flat, so the running back has to read. He get, all you want from a running for, as a running back is to see that edge guy turn one way or the other. If his leverage is outside, I'm going to go inside. If his leverage is inside, I'm going to go outside. Sherman's exceptional at getting a stalemate and then riding either way to give people more time behind him to get in to get in to make a play. Exceptional stuff because not everybody who's an edge setter or boundary setter wants to do that. Not a lot of them can rush the passer and then still decide, hey, in the run games, I'm going to steadfast, I'm going to lock up, I'm going to get my eyes in the right place, and then I'm going to hold on until the posse comes and he's where he's exceptional is that he then sheds that block and frees himself to make the play. Having two defenders at the ball rather than one. And not every edge setter can do that. Not every boundary guy is willing to do that. A lot of those guys are pass rush. Hey, I'm here for the glory of the pass rush. Get the sack and get pressure. Nope, Sherman will stay there, and he will throw hands with a big guy, hold that spot on the line of scrimmage, and force him uh, left or right. Plus willing to shed and make the tackle. Another added feature, another added value. Remember, I told you earlier in the show that he was once a running back. Well, it shows up defensively because he reads it well. He reads the running game really well, but he also can drop into coverage. Uh-oh. <laughs> At 6'3", 250, being able to get your hands there, read it, not get tangled up and getting locked up, and dropping, there's two plays that jumped out to me. One was him in pursuit in the run game. Got flat down the line, straight down the line at about three yards deep. Made the tackle from left defensive end on the right sideline against a running back. 
and he get, made the play five yards downfield. Just doesn't happen that often. Like the play that pops, and he did it so fluidly that it didn't seem like a big deal. The second play that popped was he was playing linebacker, outside linebacker. Left outside linebacker. Quarterback drop, rolled to his right, a roll to his left, and threw down the side, the opposite sideline from where he started. MJ Sherman picked that ball off 30 yards downfield on the opposite sideline. And I tell you, mind you, it's a terrible pass and a terrible read. But the fact that you had a 6'3", 250-pound guy leave the left outside linebacker, drop in the coverage, turn, pivot, get his hips right, jet sprint to the opposite number on the opposite side of the field and pick off a ball 30 yards downfield. I I can't name many linebackers where that happened. MJ Sherman did that in a high school game, and it was mind-blowing. He's a special kid and a special talent. We just have to make sure that the system and the player mesh and that he becomes at home in, in his own space. Quite the player, that MJ Sherman. We'll talk more about him, and then we'll close out. Lock that Huskers when we come back. Be right back. Welcome back. Final segment of this episode of Locked on Huskers. Once again, thank you for what you do and hanging out with us each and every single day. And again, put your comments down in the comment section. Uh, let us know if there's something you want us to talk about or something you want us to cover. Uh, your thoughts on this episode. And I read them all. If I don't respond, I read them all. Um, thank you for, for, for the kind words. And thank you for the, for the, for the advice, uh, the suggestions. Um, I read them all and I get it. Look, it, it, we're, we're trying to provide good content. Um, I have great days and not great days. And I appreciate you guys riding along with me um, along the way. Once again, I want to shout out the folks from East Lansing and say, you're all in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, we're rooting for you to heal and recover uh, and to get back to some normalcy there on campus uh, and within the athletic uh, departments and programs. Uh, that is not the life that we want or need or desire for our young people, especially those out there trying to learn, uh, get degrees, and, and better their lives and community. Um, that's what we're rooting for. Uh, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Huskers your first uh, listen today, but you should jump over to uh, Lockdown College Basketball. That space is really good about bringing you elite players, elite coaches, uh, the stories on and off the floor. Um, quite frankly, pretty good. To, I, I actually jumped on this morning to catch what they were doing and it's good stuff. So locked on college basketball, especially as you head into March madness, especially as you head into tournament play to get a better feel on what, on, on what's going on in college basketball. You can find that on YouTube or however else you track your podcast, uh, your sports podcast from day to day. Uh, greatly appreciate it again. Um, in closing, I'll say this. As we start to profile some of the players who are now a part of the Nebraska roster, I'll try to go a little bit more in, in detail and in depth with the film study, the things that are actually exist on film. What they put on film is different than you know stats, et cetera. 
what they put on film matters. And then to see whether in the systems that they're in, the success that they're having, are they have it in the systems that Nebraska will use? Uh, will Nebraska have a way to implement uh, success for them or help them with success? All of those in play. And I can tell you with MJ Sherman, the 335 is going to highlight that young man. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Locked on Huskers. And we'll thank the folks from FanDuel Sportsbook as well before we go. Remember, we close each of one of the, one of these with the three words that matter most. Go Big Red! <laughs>